Welcome to The Mental Checkout, where we believe we are all leaders and we're all trying to live our best lives. Where we provide store therapy and mindful retail, bringing you other perspectives to help you through not only your workday, but our everyday life. If you find this podcast helpful, please do me a favor, follow, leave a review, and share with your friends and family. Because remember, we are all CEOs. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode of The Mental Checkout. And I am so excited today, you guys. I brought a guest in for you, and her name is Krista Marshall. And I'm going to have her introduce herself and talk to you about how she got her start and a little bit about her background. And then we're just going to have coffee. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Shannon. I am uh, like Krista Marshall, and um, I grew up in Minot, North Dakota. I am um, the owner of Shots Crossroads Truck Stop. Uh, my favorite place to eat. <laughs> I am a second generation owner, so it's a business that my parents started 47 years ago. So we're really looking forward to our 50th business anniversary, which is um, both really great and uh, you know slightly overwhelming at times. Um, I am the operations manager at Fast Lane Car Wash in Minot, um, which is owned by my brother, Donnie Schatz, um, who partnered with my parents that started that. He's also a second generation business owner as well. And I am a partner at uh, Ernest Academy, which is a youth basketball training academy and facility um, where we connect kids who want to play ball with great coaches and opportunities to travel. So um, I am. My husband and I also have um, a little side project that we call Slideshow, and it's a media company. Um, My husband is a uh, photographer by trade. So uh, once we got established in our business and in our careers, and we could come back to our passion for all things creative, uh, we opened a studio. I had no idea about this. I'm <laughs> well, like blown away right now. I was like, you did? That's technically uh, business number four. So um, it's a lot of fun, but that one's more of a, um, you know, I don't want to say it's a side project because we do quite a bit of work on it, but um, it was a solution to creating our own media for our other businesses instead of paying for it. Um, and then, um, where we are geographically trying to find the right partners that can make the media, whether it be, you know, pictures of our businesses or commercials or any kind of social media. Um, it was our solution to do it ourselves instead of hire it out. Oh, I may have to call him. I'm, I'm horrible at that. <laughs> my husband is amazing. Um, you know, um, going into my background, I grew up literally in a truck stop from day one. So um, I, you know, it was very humble. My parents started really from scratch and they just, um, they hammered and hammered and hammered and worked and expanded. And they had a really great partnership where my dad was kind of this charismatic person that, you know, really could talk to people and push the envelope and had that just enough of the ego where he was like, I'm going to be somebody. And you, you know, he, he, you, you, you're going to see me do something. And and my mom was too. She's very business savvy. She's very smart with numbers. She's 
extremely, you know, she those can, are the best yeah. partnerships when you have yeah. someone that can talk to people mm-hmm. and someone that's good at numbers. Oh, like he, he is not, he was not afraid to say it like it is. Um, he had a lot of common sense. He was good read on people. He, he made people want to help him, you know, and he would give you the shirt off his back. But if he didn't like you or if you did him wrong, he had zero problem, um, dealing with it right now he didn't hold it in he told you he kicked you out he literally kicked you in the ass excuse my language so um and then my mom you know she was very smart she's very patient but she had the business um sense to be very black and white to be very strict to be patient and be hardcore and say we cannot afford this or you've gotten us into this and now here's how I'm going to figure it out so she could come at it from these angles in the paperwork and in you know the financing and she just she did not shy away from being like I don't know this but I'm going to figure it out yeah not only am I going to figure it out I'm going to be the best damn you know, business person there is. You so. have a lot of that in you. <laughs> you know, you do. You have a lot of drive, and yeah, you can really, you can really tell that. And you know, I have seen so many people get handed businesses, get handed money, and they don't have that drive. And you lose it all. You have to, you have to have it. Even when something's handed to you, the reason it's still going is because you have drive. I appreciate that. You know, I I moved away from Minot for 13 years and I started my career in advertising. Um, I went to school in Phoenix and New York City and then Minneapolis, which is where I met my husband. And I, I landed in a really great advertising environment. Um, I was making my name on my own. I did not have any um, um, support from the Schatz family or, right. or or that in this new environment and career that I had made. So I was really passionate about making my mark and getting the job and moving up in the job just on my own, just as Krista, not as somebody who is the daughter of or whatever. And I was out in the world away from that. No one cared who I was, where I was, all those things, especially in big cities like New York or Minneapolis, where they don't care. You know, in my head, it's so much different because everybody knows who you are. I wanted to be someone where I was nobody and just do it myself. So it, um, it was and see you got a lot of that from your dad. Yeah, that I don't need help. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And and that drive is what yeah. makes people successful. I always say, you know, the only difference between somebody reaching their dream and somebody not, it isn't the fact that you had money and you have background and you have. It's not. It's that you never quit. Even when we don't know something, we just swing it till we do. I seriously, I think, I think, you know, there's so many days where I find myself out loud looking at something and saying out loud, how the heck am I going to do that? Yeah. Like, I have no idea how to get this done. You yes. know, and, yeah. and you just figure it out because you're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to give it a try. And it's sometimes it's just sheer spite and willpower that gets yeah. us through. And, and, you know, the only if you don't have a failure, it's because you didn't do something. Oh my gosh. If you 
try anything, you're going to have a failure. And all these, that is really why I wanted to do and start working on the mental checkout is because I am a firm believer that we are training these next generation that, you know, I don't believe that they feel entitled. I don't believe they're lazy. I believe we're making them think everything is right now. So I believe it's because we're too scared to share all the horror stories that happened to us and I I'm to the point now where I'm like oh my gosh I fell flat on my face doing that because of this mm-hmm. and I did that 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 is why you get to succeed you don't quit every time there's a failure I mean there are so many aspects in life where I, I do think adults shy away from failure, yeah, um, especially in the day and age where social media, um, you know, you worry about what people figure out or hear or learn or if somebody's going to say something or if somebody's not going to respond positively. And um, you really have to just be immune to that yeah. um, and, and go for it. You know, there is there's a certain amount of pressure that comes from being um, in a family where you've had your parents succeed and hand. I just can't even imagine. And you know, when I when I first came back to Minot, I knew that was there. I knew there was all you know people who had been in the management team for years who were like, "She's never going to be able to do this." And honestly, that fuels me. Yeah, I am the person. I'm not afraid of failure. I will go out there and try and lose, and 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 I will put it all out there. Yep. <laughs> and and if you laugh at me, you laugh at me. It does not hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, because I don't find that to be where I find myself worth. Right. You know, where I find myself worth is when I feel like I have accomplished something. I think that, to your point of, um. You know, the youth today um, being afraid of, of failure, don't understand what failures you need to, to have to get you to success. Mm-hmm. I just feel like everybody kind of gets locked up because they don't want to be seen in a light where they like look stupid. Yeah. Or try and fail or whatever. And I just, you have to be okay with, you know, getting dirty or looking silly or, you know, I work in the restaurant all the time in our restaurant and I see people come in and, and I'm busting my butt look like crap. My yep. hair looks stupid or <laughs> Whatever, or I'm serving the public in, in whatever way. And and I know that they're, God, what is she doing? Or can you imagine dishwashing at a truck stop? Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't bother me. You know, I, I do what I need to do, do. To, to get it done. And, and, and there's that pressure when you've had it handed that there's always in the back of your mind, like, you're going to fail. You're going to run this into the ground. You're going to make a bad decision. You're going to spend too much money on things like your home or your car. And so there's, oh, you know what I can tell you? The handbook probably are. But the good thing is you're going to learn and you're going to oh. go another avenue. Yeah. You, what makes us succeed is that we do do all those stupid things, but we just keep going. Yeah. It's like we just get up and get punched yeah. from the other side, oh. but we make it through every single time. And yeah. that, and it really is, you know, it's not about, you know, I really think, and I don't know if this is real, but I, t- you need to be proud of yourself. And I, I feel like you don't know how strong you are because your parents had it there I know a million people that can do what you do and they because they would have quit and you never did 
Oh boy. Well, there was, you know, some times <laughs> where, you know, you, and I'm sure you experience this as a business owner in those quiet moments in the back room, the storage room, where you're just like, you don't know whether to cry or scream or stomp your feet because you're like, this is, you know, it's hard. I find myself asking, you know, one of the things that I struggle with is the more I do get myself in a better position and then I get hit again because the hits never stop ever. ever. They never stop. You can go be going so good. And I actually last year I bought my dream house and everything was going good. And then I get hit again. And I literally, um, I also own several businesses. So I play in real estate. I do this. I have the bar and convenience stores. And I find myself like in the closet quietly going, why do I keep doing it? Like, what more do I think I want? And every time it comes back to, I love people. And for the life of me, I can't ever figure out why everyone doesn't want a good life. And it doesn't matter where they're at. Just start and don't quit. Right. You know, and I I go back to this all the time because I feel like I've lived, um, you know, your life when you look back on it, whether you're you know, in your 40s or in your 50s or in your 60s or or whatever, I feel like I've lived a couple different versions of life. And when I moved away and tried to make my own career in a city that, you know, um, I was starting out fresh and then I met my husband and we had our son, you know, there was, there's a lot of beauty to that life too. I knew I was saying I didn't want to go into the family business. I didn't want, there was a period of time where I was like, that's not me. I'm making my own me. And I had to be okay with what my own me made and had and was making on my own. And there was a balance there that I felt like I was trying to find whether it meaningful life to me, you know, being able to go to things that I felt like were culturally enriching in the city, like a play or like a concert and all that stuff. And I felt like I had those things and I was able to you know, have this balance of there's kind of a quiet life where I was somebody else's employee. I did a great job. I did a great job and I was committed to my work. But at the end of the day, like if I didn't, you know, I wasn't getting called at three o'clock in the morning to do anything like I am now. And I knew I was kind of saying no to that fully immersive life that I saw my parents having. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The endless responsibility and the endless attacks you know, to their character and and all those things that we deal with as business owners. And I was like, nope, not doing that. I'm doing this. <laughs> and, you know, with that came, um, you know, not, you know, it, it came like not being able to afford certain things yeah. or worries about the future or or understanding like, oh, great. A life like this would be great, but this is what I can afford. Um, you know, so there was... And there's nothing wrong with that. But I I experienced all of that on my own and was able to find that balance. You know, I wonder if that's where because I I can relate to that because I came from nothing to like everything. I had to fight for everything. But I wonder if because you chose to to kind of struggle, I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of do it on your own and have those limitations i wonder if it is what gives us the drive i think it might be i mean there's there's no 
there's no question that I, you know, like (laughs) there was still some privileges there just because, you know, like my parents helped with school and things like that. So I didn't have that kind of debt. So it still was, you know, I was still very blessed. Uh, But to start it on my own and try to, to get everything away from a safety net was really what I was going for. So I feel like that does add perspective, Um, you know, and then there was the moment in time where, you know, my parents were like, do you want to be involved with this? And and so it was very much a crossroads for me um, to say, like, I have to choose between these two lives, this life I have now and this past that I know so much about in business and stuff like that. And so there was a moment where I felt like I was like losing myself to take this new path. I feel like yeah. I lose myself to Yeah. And so, you know, and especially my husband, who is just like, I have no idea what your life was like before I met you. You know, you can tell them stories and stuff like that, but they've never been fully immersed in it. Right. And so my husband being a photographer, you know, he he, he, he has this whole career in life that, you know, now we're moving to Minot and starting this and, and going down this path. And I think that, you know, no matter what, you do if you have people in your corner that have similar motivations and support like I look at my parents and they always just you know like it's two puzzle pieces for you know putting together and that's where me and my husband are like he's never launched you know it's a support it's and yeah and someone to hold you accountable too like they're coming after you if you do go down the wrong and and so he was willing to learn and so that's that's how we got started. Um, you know, we came back here and there was many a days because as you know, because, you know, we've known each other for years. Um, I came back in 2011. So it was post flood and the height of the oil boom. Oh, and yes. it literally oil. was. I mean, it was just grueling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it truly was. Did you feel coming in at that time in, in, in that process? And that was hard on me, too. I had 11 stores and... Oh, I had 27 people sleeping on my... Yeah, there was no housing. Like, I had 27 people sleeping yeah, on my living floor. in our generator. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do. I, I, I had people sleeping in their car. I mean, <laughs> people are going to listen to this and think, what? I know. It was it, a wild life. It was a wild really, yes. really was. There was no... It was, you know, for lack of better words, it was a massive shit show. Yeah, and it, it was. And, and it just... You know, it's kind of funny when we look back on it now, but yes, when it when I was going through it too, and I was not laughing. Yes. It, it was so hard. Do you feel like have you seen? I'm glad that you came in at that spot because it kind of gives us a comparison. Yeah. Do you feel or have you noticed like any difference in like the culture of your front line or even in your friends ever since the COVID shutdown? Like when we couldn't go anywhere and everything had to shut down. Do you so in my team and I don't know, I just feel like the mental health of people and the their like thinking pattern, I really see it when COVID shutdown happened? I think people don't understand the ripple effect that COVID, you know, we don't know because we're all living it. And, right. you know, the, the everyday person or you and I or everybody else, we don't understand how the the effects of COVID still are hitting us. I think, I think everybody mentally kind of went into this space where we had to endure it. We had to go forward with the shutdown. We had to go forward with business as usual. We just had to move one foot in front of the other. And, you know, humans 
get it done and yeah you know and i think we still are are dealing with the after effects of that i saw you know i had people that were on my main team in in positions higher positions within our company yeah that when that started they were like i can't do this i'm out and literally went yeah and it was like you know, just yeah. to brace for whatever. And, and I couldn't understand it because I'm like, I kind of have to fight tooth and nail. And I started making these videos. I see them every once in a while pop up in my timeline about coming in and getting takeout food or mm-hmm. here's what we did to shift to provide a bigger deli selection. And here's what we're doing here. And here's what we're doing for cleaning. So, you know, we didn't have the option. Exactly. To, you know, in, in convenience store worlds, you know, where we where our businesses overlap, obviously, yeah. um, you know, all of a sudden we became essential workers. Exactly. I love you because I was like, Ooh. okay, there's days where I feel like, you know, we're not doctors or lawyers. We're, yeah. we're convenience store people. We're serving things that people need every day, value or snacks or deli items or whatever. But now all of a sudden yep. we're the essential people. I would tell my team all the time because they'd be like, well, why can't we shut down? I'm like, you want to know why? Because we're here for the public. Absolutely. We're here. We're their only source. Exactly. And, and that's what keeps you going. And that's what keeps you. And I just noticed now, like, fast forwarding and it, up to this time, I am in my own team. I am struggling. I am seeing the, like, aftermath of their mental health. Like... I think we kind of got into like a lazy mode of we really figured out how to function without leaving the house. And I am struggling getting them back into, yeah, like, let's go back to work. And, you know, it's okay to visit with people. Yeah. We really took some of the people and we really made them introverts. I would have to agree to, to some extent. You know, I... I, you know, the people I think that used it as a way to just take a break in life. Yeah, that's what it did. It gave it. That's perfect. Yeah, it gave you know, everybody a little break. Yeah, and <laughs> and when have we had, um, you know, the social acceptance of doing that, and then the financial assistance to do that? It, yeah, it's unprecedented, and I hate that word because that came up so much in COVID. Yeah, but I think that did do. Um, there was a lot of that. It gave everybody a chance to you know, take a break or throw their hands up in the air and be like, I'm going to put pause on my problems, my bills, my work ethic, my everything. And, you know, so I, I, I feel like for the most part, our staff came out of it and wanted to be out of it. I think a lot of people I saw, they got, you know, anybody we put on unemployment, as soon as they kick it, they came. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like we see things that, do you, did you feel like they, like their thought process had changed as far as, um, not even so much of motivation, but like, I feel like a lot of the customers I've talked to, just everybody really, like the, I feel like everybody's like losing hope in the world. Yeah. Like really feel like not understanding like, it. And yeah, I, I just feel like if you take a slice out of any part of history, there's always some yep. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So well, that's I, good. Well, I do think that, you know, I hear that too sometimes. Um, you know, there's just been so many changes with at, in one period of time with technology, with politics, with public health and safety. It was kind of a, a microcosm of all these things that I think happened at once. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, we get into these debates with with people who there's a lot of times where I would tell people because they would say stuff about like like medical things about COVID. And I, I just started to coin this phrase. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I just work at a truck stop. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I gotta not get. Yeah, I, I gotta take it down a level and just be like, you know, because yeah. there's those those all of those things, whether it's politics or health or any of those things, they get so big for yeah. one person. Well, and see, that's what I think it, it really brought out. Like one of the things that's very noticeable is it brought out a lot of opinions. And panic. Yeah. Which is to your point of mental health. Yes. Which I feel like so, you know, that's kind of my way. Um, I can hear my dad saying stuff like that. He was really good about being like, let's just simplify. Let's just use common sense. Like, I just work at a truck stop. I can't solve all these problems, but I can get to work yeah. And get my job done. Yeah. And get through the day and get my groceries and go home and, you know, support my family and provide it and, and one step in front of the other. And so just keep going. Don't keep waiting. Yeah. 100%. Like, but it is so overwhelming because with social media and everything, we are inundated mm-hmm. with all this information. And, you know, here's my take on that. I feel like people forget they have choices. So we do have all this social media. We have all these opinions coming at us and all this data. And I feel like people forgot. You can choose to not look at it. Oh, for sure. And I think we forget how powerful self is. Yeah. Like Mm self-discipline, self-control, self... like consequences of our actions you know i feel like you know we love to blame it on social media and we love to blame it on this and in in my take in life and how i try to live my life is the reality really is it's all about shannon (laughs) if i don't want to look at the social media or compare my stop it shannon stop it like you have the power and i feel like that's kind of the, going back to that question I asked about COVID, I kind of feel like during that time, people forgot they have a choice in life. <laughs> like, oh, well, we're just going through the motions. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like they got to this point where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm addicted to social media because they keep... You know, I've seen where they're going to sue people because they ate too much McDonald's or they what happened to self-control and what happened to there. No matter what anyone does, it doesn't matter. I try to teach my team this. We can want and we can wish and other people to do stuff all we want. All we can do is focus on herself. I had a lady the other day and she wanted to talk about gossiping. And I'm like, listen, we can't stop gossiping. Here's how you stop it. Don't do it. You don't do it. You know, and and kind of turn it back on ourselves. And I just feel like that was kind of one of the things that I was kind of feeling because of COVID, that because we... 
we got forced into our houses and we got forced into mass and we got forced into all this stuff. I'm wondering if somehow people forgot we have a choice in life and no matter what it is, like literally no matter what it is. So, yeah, I agree. I am. Yeah, I agree. I am just really bad at people telling me what to do. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you you just keep pushing forward. My husband says, smile and nod and do whatever you're going to do anyway. Yeah, I'll I'll listen. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Exactly. And so I think... But but I was raised that way, and I, that's just inherently who I am, you know. And um, not everybody's like that. So yep. People, yeah, aren't exposed to people like that. And well, and that's the thing. I I I think that everyone would be like that, but unfortunately, because of all the diver- diversity in the world, not everyone is exposed to it. And that's really what I want to use this podcast for: is let's expose people that don't have the means of being exposed to it you know um where do you think the industry will be in five years oh my gosh well oh the convenience store industry yeah so i think that you know we're we've seen a lot of changes whether it be in automated systems and um technology yeah i i think we've also seen a lot of um, introduction to changes, whether um, it be, you know, electric cars and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough for me to say. I think AI will change a lot of industries. I think technology will continue to challenge and change a lot of industries. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be unwise to think that that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. I, you know, how that changes us and our systems, whether it be point of sale systems, you know, we'll evolve with it just like we have in the last 40 years or you, you know, the way you have, whether it's point of sale systems, cash registers, um, methods of payment or, or Bitcoin or whatever it is, you know, there's yeah. a lot of things evolving. And I think you and I will will see those changes in five years. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll it'll speed up or slow down. I think that's kind of I think the way that you know with the systems of money like we've seen a big change from oh, yes yeah so that change has been significant in the past and 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 will we see a big change with credit and security whether it's tap to pay or whatever you know EMV yeah you know we can talk about that forever because that EMV changed a lot of things for businesses whether it be chargebacks or you know our point of sale systems or how we navigate those things mm-hmm. so I think tap to pay will be a big thing I think mobile pay will be a big thing yeah um and I and I hope it protects businesses a little bit more when we go into that field because you know, I'm sure you know this. Chargebacks are a legitimate issue. Yes. Um, there's a lot of fraud. It costs businesses a lot of money. Um, credit card fees are a huge thing for you and I both. Um, you know, so I think I hope that there is um, good things on the horizon for that. So it's ease of business or, you know, how we do business is a little easier. I've heard that there's convenience stores in New York City that, you um, Basically, through um, technology, you go in and you get what you need and you leave and then everything is able to. Well, that is yeah. that what they're putting up at the Cenex? Cenex is doing that. I'm not sure. Yeah, they're doing the first automated convenience store. Yeah. And so do, 
you know, I have mixed feelings on that. The, you know, we face staffing shortages. You know, businesses have a lot of overhead in staffing. Um, you know, and as as you know, things become more expensive. I can see why industries try to minimize staffing oh, through things like that. It kind of makes me sad. Uh, oh, it makes me so sad. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think I think there's a lot of hard things. You know, as you know and I know about employing people. Yeah. You know, and there's and there's there's a wide variety of that, right? It's yeah. everything from being, you know, like being responsible for your employees and what they say. Yeah. Like what can your yes. employees say or do that that end up leading to <laughs> issues for us? Whether it's harassment <laughs> and or inappropriate <laughs> things. Right, right. So I, you know, I think people have to remember and they they don't want to look at this in situations of looking at you and what you know you deal with too like the common person doesn't look at what you deal with with representing your staff yep well and that's that's another thing i want to use the uh, mental checkout to do is i i think the reason they don't look at it is that saying you don't know what you don't know that there's just no information out there to give other people perspectives like no the reason this happened like mm-hmm. you know and unfortunately what i feel is in the convenience store world is you know people don't just get up and make rules something happened and now a rule is in place yeah. and the problem with it is the only people that really pay for it are the honest people so for example we had to quit taking checks because there's so many bounce checks. Well, now all the little ladies that do our delivery, you know, you can't one-off things because you open it up for a lawsuit. Discrimination. You know, there's so many things that are behind the scenes. And that's why we really need to show people grace and I don't think there is a lot of grace to go around. There is not. There is not. And I agree. With, like, I used that word in a conversation the other day where I had to literally ask somebody to show a little grace because I was getting a little tired of of the the position they were coming at me for. I mean, we're all human. Yes. Business yes. owners are human. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're all making the best decisions we can make to get through, you know, operating, yeah. no matter what system it is, convenience store, restaurant, whatever, any kind of planning. And so I see post-COVID or um, where we are right now in the world, I think one of the hurdles we're facing is that people are very ugly to customer to the people who are serving the public so they are oh my gosh you know and and this is what i tell my team too because they're i will i've literally kicked customers out of my store of how they behave to my team oh like i've had to ask them to leave and my team i feel so bad for them because they take such abuse and here's what i tell them you know if you don't if we can't make people be kind, but we can be kind ourselves. Yeah. Again, it's like there is nothing we can do about all this crap, but not to be the person, you know? Oh, for sure. But like I I heard um, my HR person had told me recently about some of the feedback that people who are delivering the car service at Target 
Okay. You order online, yeah. pull up to the thing. People are being so ugly and so <laughs> to the people that are bringing Target merchandise out to the cars of the customers. Yep. It's a thing right now yep. that they're facing. They don't even want to go to these people because they're they're mad about the littlest thing and they're throwing stuff at them. Like, yeah. I, how do you? That that's such a good question. How do you? So. How do you make your team, how do you communicate to them? Like, for me, my team really is my friend. I love them. I will do whatever I have to do to protect them, even if it means I'm losing money. So when they're putting up with all this stuff throughout the day, and let's face it, we're not there every day, so we can't kick out every customer that's mean to them, nor would we have a business if we did. What do you say to them to let them know, hey, I'm a, I'm your teammate? What do you, I guess... So, I think I know what you're... Okay. Because <laughs> I, I don't. So, <laughs> um, the, the very thing that I have communicated with my team and I continue to communicate with, with my team is if you operate in a way that I can defend you, if you do not cross that line, if you do not... If you, if you say something... It can be harsh. It can be telling them to stop. It can be very direct. I support you. But the minute you do something that's across that line that I can't support, you hit somebody, yep. throw something at them, you start to act like a fool, I cannot support you. Yeah. So, and it goes back to that self-control. Yes. So I let them know that I very much have your back. And I will very much fight for you. I will take your side and I will support you as long as... You put me in a position where I can. Yes. So oh, that's you give, if you give absolutely atrocious service, I cannot support you. Yeah, that's so good. If you get mad, swear, and dump coffee on somebody, <laughs> I cannot support you. Yep, exactly. You know, if you intentionally make somebody wait and then call them a name, I sure can't support you. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty much going to stand behind the customer and yep. say, you are 100% right. This is terrible. Yep, exactly. You know? And, yes. And so I... And I think my staff really knows that. I've had a couple instances recently where we've gotten some feedback from our staff. Um, and, you know, uh, and it, uh, fortunately, it's been through a review. So it's 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 out there. It's, right. It's written. Yeah. Right? So um, and it's documented. I had an individual that said, I came in at this time and I didn't get served and I ended up leaving and it was 22 minutes you know, and it's so unfortunate that I I want to support their argument, right? But then I can go on the surveillance and see that you came at this time and you left eight minutes later out oh, the door. Yeah. So you really didn't do that. Like, and, I, and, you know, I'm going to call you out on that because just because you're the customer, I know and I want your business. Yeah. I want to serve you. I do not work this hard to not have business. Right. right. We do not go through all of this heartache and headache and, and pressure and stress and borrowing all this money yeah. and having all this responsibility to not have customers. I want to have customers, but you have to be decent. And you have to be accurate when you're... When you're coming out, yes. One thing that really is kind of a blessing in disguise. So this, that is so funny. You told that story. The exact same thing happened. And you have every person going, oh, we get this all the yeah. time. Uh, yeah, it just happened to me up at Pink's. And here is exact, I, I'm so proud of you. We, we do the same thing. So we got the exact same thing. 
They put it on social media. Um, but what I've learned is everyone, like you said, is being ugly. So I looked, I always go on facts. I jump on the cameras. 100%. And I can't. Times, I'm going to Yes. Yep. Yeah. And that is what I love about security. Yeah. Those, those cameras are solid. Yep. Exactly. You know, and then the other one I had, to be fair, I had a customer come in and a similar situation where they were upset with the service and they, 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 they'd outlined it in a way that my only response ever could have been, thank you. Honestly. Yeah. Thank you for this feedback. Yes. We eliminate eliminating this type of service only make us better. Yep. And the exactly. other thing I did, it was so good. I mean, it was almost like the review was for the for the person directly. And it was in a very good way in that I understand that you're working for tips and I understand that, you know, there's all these things in this world, but like my experience was poor because I sat there and watched you sit on your phone. Yeah. And so I printed the review and I put it in our, in our server station. Yeah. Because they need to understand that I can't, you know, they're representing us and who want, when you go into a store, whether it's yours or somebody else's, do you want a bad experience? Do you want a, you you want somebody who doesn't care about their job? No, I don't want that. You don't want that. The person that's working for me doesn't want that when they go into a restaurant store. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like when it comes to the public not giving grace, I understand. I'm not asking you to give us grace for poor service. Yes. I'm asking you to control your emotions, understand the situation, put a little human understanding behind it yeah and it's inappropriate for you to raise your voice at an employee of any business exactly you know what i mean if you go from one to ten because somebody gave you the wrong type of yogurt at a grocery store yeah in your delivery yeah chill out yeah and what and that's what i think what i tell try to teach my team is you know that example of the yogurt one to ten i always tell my team it really wasn't about the yogurt. No. Something happened to this person before they walked into the store. Because I'll tell you what, for as awful as we or people want to try to make it seem, our team wants to do a good job. Absolutely. They do not Absolutely. want they don't to. Want they don't. They don't want to have a bad day. They they, they don't want to come to their job and, and like everybody has to go to work. Nobody and, wants to. And that's what I tell them. I'm like, they love our customers so much. They really do. They take it personal. Absolutely. What are some things that you do to almost like keep them mentally sound like they get beat up every day so for an example one thing i do in my all my companies is every single morning i send my team a like morning quote like a morning we got this let's keep going and i do it every day every single day and it's so funny because sometimes i get lazy and i like oversleep or something and before I can even get up to do it, I'll have like 10 people go like, where's our quote? Yeah. <laughs> so is there something that you do to kind of protect our teams from the people? We got to remind them every day, listen, it wasn't about you. It wasn't about the yogurt. 
do the best you can do and let me handle the rest. Right. You know, I, I think the text is a great, a great method. You know, I've got three different companies and, mm-hmm. you know, and within the truck stop alone, there's the shop and the deli yeah. and the restaurant and the C store and the office and the maintenance department. So like, I don't send out, you know, um, something like that. And there's, there's days and weeks that I go and I don't see all of the front layout employees. Yeah. So I think the thing that I try to do as, as a, the owner or the boss or the person in charge is when I do interact with them, I try to be as human as possible. Right. Like I'm, I think that, you know, when I'm in my zone and I'm working and I'm quiet and I'm getting stuff done and it's business, I think I can be intimidating. That's me. You know what I mean? Oh. So I really do try at, at, at certain points when I interact with people to, hum, to humanize myself as much as I possibly can, whether it's saying something like really honest and it's kind of self-deprecating or, or just, you know, letting them know that. I fail or or something like that to, mm-hmm. to support them. My management team, I try to just really support them whenever I can. It's an open door, open, you know, they call me when they need it. They I try to touch base and just start to really dig in on some questions like is it, like what's going on with this very thing to get them talking yeah. as much as I can. And because a lot of times it's just a perception. It's it's yeah. not even I walk around all the time, I'm like this is not real. So one example of perceptions is my evening team will be like, we need more of this. We sell so much of this. And then I'll go pull up the data and there's like two. Yeah. <laughs> like, But their perception, the two that got sold was on the same day on his shift. So their perception their perception really gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's very much perception is a Huge thing. Oh, it's so, and it's you can't fun to to me. pull your staff's perception. No, you can't. You just can't. And it, and it doesn't it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, yeah. you could you could drive yourself into the ground trying to control those things, whether it's about your business or about what you do every day. Or you know. And that's what I really want. Like imagine the world. If everyone would quit worrying about everyone else, and if we all just like worked on ourselves for one one year, it's only about us, like our our thought process, our health, our and we don't get a look at anybody else. What a great world it would be! But we want to. We use all this energy, can trying, and it will never happen. But trying to get people to act how we want them to act and to say what we want to say. And like, it is what we're never going to do that. And I tell my team that all the time. I'm like, if you don't want the world to be like that, the only control you have is to don't be that person. I totally agree. There's a, my husband is, um, is really good at, uh, you know, he is the piece of, of the puzzle in our business where, I tend to have, um, he would laugh if he heard me say this, but I deal with everything at a, like almost at a surface and immediate level. Mm -hmm. He's very quiet and introspective. So I, while I engage in these conversations and this back and back and I'll get into the nitty gritty, my husband does this really great thing. He mirrors what they say. Mm -hmm. So he does have this way of 
communicating with somebody that does make them think and draw out and realize mm -hmm. what is it that I'm asking. And I've and and I've asked staff or even customers at a time of conflict where I'm like, what is it you're looking for? What do you feel like would solve this problem? So when you have a, an employee that has come to you with this thing that's ultimately unsolvable, they're mad about gossip, yeah. right? Yeah. You cannot control the human race to not operate yeah. loving gossip. Yeah. It's just yeah. who humans are. Yeah. So for you to solve a gossip is nearly impossible. I'm really proud of you that you can even control yourself in a situation that could, that's one of my weaknesses. I am trying to, the good thing about life is every day you get up, you get to try again. So I try every single day. Like I have so much going on and I'm a one man show and I have all this information and all this stuff coming at me. And there is, I will lose my noodle. Yeah. And here's the worst part. When I'm like getting in a heated conversation, their perception is I am uh, like yelling at them and I'm all this and I'm all that. In my perception, yeah, mine is I'm not even worked up about it. Like it's nothing to me. <laughs> this the problem is I have a hundred other things going on right now. And, and I, and but like I said, their perception's their reality. So they do think I'm yelling at them. They do think I'm, and my reality is, oh my God, I have my sewer pipe just broke and you want to talk to me about this candy bar that's priced wrong? And I need to learn, like, Shannon, you need to stop it. You need to, how do you keep your, I can't do it. I like... I try every day, girl. Every day. I just, I think there is a sense of, you know, you you create this shield. How do you get yourself to stop? Stop getting upset. Well, like stop. Or stop from engaging. Yeah. Like, how do you get to the point where all this stuff is going on and there's a real emergency on something else and a wrong price candy bar how do you get your brain? Like, I really want to know because I can't yet. I'm working on it. Oh. How do you get your brain to shut off the broken pipe and to focus on the 10 cents candy bar that's off? You know, um, I used to, in the process of getting to where I am right now, mentally and how I operate and where I'm at in life, I used to spend a lot of time. I would get so worked up about so many things. I'd lay there in bed. I'd be up every morning at four. Three, not sleeping, not sleeping. Right. You know, and so there's a couple things that I've done to in the in probably in the last, I don't know, five years. Um, and I know that you enjoy working out, mm -hmm. but I have always been, you know, I didn't grow up a real in high school. I didn't play varsity sports or anything like that. Right. You know, I run. Um, I like to kick my own butt so nobody can kick it for me is what I tell people. Um, and then the other thing that my dad taught me was you have to get out of that entire world and focus on something that you do right. for yourself. And, and that's how you and keep that's your how sanity. I keep my sanity. Yeah. You know, like I show horses competitively. Okay. And the reason I do that is because Honestly, it's well, my mom says it's the only thing I've ever been good at, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, 
I am good at it. And, and I it's something that I work on that is has nothing to do with work. Yeah, it has nothing to do with work. It is something that takes my time and energy. And it, I'm, it's a financial, you know, drain, so to speak. But that's why I work hard so I can have this other thing that's away from everything else. And that helps me. Yeah, it grounds me to say, I can't like, I, of course, I want to solve all the problems and I don't, I try not to, but, but you can't. You can't. And I try to like stop and say, and just realize what, through perspective, what big problems are and aren't. Is that candy bar? Yeah. The rest of the day being the wrong price. What does it impact? Here's the problem. To them, that 10 cents off candy bar is a big deal. And I am trying to get, like, I love that information. So for our listeners, for like a mental health piece for me, like you have hobbies and where you're taken out. You have Okay. My dad always said, you have to do something where you clear the marbles out of your brain. My parents, when they started, they showed horses and then they moved to racing. My dad had grown up or had raced when he was younger. And then my brother got into racing. And so racing for them was getting away from the business to go do something else and come back. And so uh, did it add more stress? Yeah. Because now they're gone. <laughs> but the thing is, is if you don't have a staff that can fix that candy bar issue, you are not succeeding at boss. Exactly. And so I have to be okay with the fact, which took me a long time to figure it out in my first five years Mm -hmm. back um, and operating and then in the transition to ownership. Yep. I would be there nearly 24 hours a day, day and night and day and night and day and night. And I knew it had to be done and I worked, you know, and I did all these things and I have to know that I only do that when it's absolutely necessary. And when you see me at 11 p.m. in the kitchen, something is very wrong. That's what I tell my dear. I'm like, I will come down for you. But for sure, it's not. If I'm doing it. Yeah. There is something wrong. Yes. And one of my, again, one of my weaknesses. So I have learned um, because I love I love self-development and I love pushing myself. People ask me all the time, how do you do it, Shannon? I'm like, it's the grace of God. I don't, I don't do it. I don't know what's up. I don't know how I pull through. And I learned, like you said, get out of there. And my mentor, he's, so I, I do have a weakness of it. So I get pulled into the weeds a lot. And another thing that I think will help and maybe it will help you, but another thing that helps is to have a mentor or somebody that does hold you accountable because my mentor, he'll tell me, get out of the weeds, get out of the weeds. You got to see bigger, get out of the weeds. And my problem is my normal and my background and like my family life and my normal is to be down in the chaos and to be down in the weeds and so I feel comfortable there. I feel comfortable stocking shelves and running registers and doing all the work. And what I tell myself is, Shannon, that's not where you're at no more. Get out of the weeds. I think that, and I think that's great. You know, getting out of the weeds is, is really great advice. I think that I'm not good where, where I thrive as a, like, uh, my strengths 
are to be a little bit into everything. Right. So like, right. So if I have to be immersed into one thing, it needs to be temporary. Yep. So because I think that I just really feed off of a lot of responsibility and a lot of distraction. Yeah. And that's what I'm good at. So like where, you know, like where my normal day is, you've got all these different problems in all these different areas. What are your solutions? And I can deep dive and and, you know, set up a point of sale system Mm -hmm. to evaluate what we're going to pick and how to set it up and how to operate it and what and get that system going. Yeah. But when that's done, I move to something else. Yes. You know what I mean? So that is why people with ADHD love retail. (laughs) It really is. I've heard that a million times. I mean, and, and so it's I just if I if I were to eliminate several things and have less work. I would not be happy. No, that I wouldn't be happy at all. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like in the horse thing, literally, now it's an LLC. It's a separate business. Yeah. So it's you know all of these things that we do. I am so intense on doing them, but I, you know, I couldn't just be an account. Right. I would be the worst account. Yep. Exactly. You know what I mean? Not that accountants don't have a variety of work because they do, but I would be so terrible at just doing one thing every day. I have to bebop around. Yeah. And I have to pull this project and this project and this person and this person. <laughs> like that is just who I am. I'm like, oh, yes. Right. Yes. And 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 that's okay because and there's pe- it is okay. There's people who, you know, don't operate like that. Yeah, and there's people who just and one of the hard things is things. for you or for people. I'm the same exact way. I have to bebop around. I love, love, love getting in and see why it's like that. Or so are, are you a are you have you found yourself like how do you repair? Do you repair yourself around people or do you repair yourself alone? Like how do you reset? You know, I think like yes, actually, yeah, or. No, I, so I'm not a social, uh, I, like, I wouldn't go out for a drink or, like, once in a while, but but I'm not a drinker. Um, For me, and it's my faith, it's, I get up literally, it's one thing that I will never miss. I get up every single morning, I journal, I read my Bible, and I get my day going. And if I don't do it. If something, I woke up late or something happened, I'm on the phone with somebody, I can tell. I can tell on my day. Yeah. And then I do that every single day. But I can tell you, usually in the wintertime, I can tell when I've had enough and it's time to leave. So I have friends in the Keys and I go visit them or I'll, and it is, I know what lets me reset and come back because I can't I have the hardest time of one of the struggles and maybe you can relate one of the struggles for me as a human is I can't figure out why people think the way they think or why they let things stop them (laughs) I'm like go around it like do and I tell my team tell me the solution don't tell me the problem Come bring me the solution. And so now they'll they'll come and they'll be like, well, this happened today, but I thought we could do this. I'm like, perfect. We use the term, uh, don't tell me about the pain, but show me the baby. Yep. 
I love that one. Maybe that that one funny. is great. Yeah. It has been so fun talking to you. I loved having you. I'm going to have you on here again because we have hours of podcasts that we could get through. But I do want to end with this question to you. If you could go back right now to your 15-year-old self and tell yourself something, what would it be? So my 15-year-old self, I had my first kid already. I struggled my whole life. And if I could go back, the only thing I would say is, Shannon, it's going to be all right. And all, nothing really matters. It doesn't matter all the little things that I worried myself sick about. It wasn't anything. <laughs> I was in my own head. It's it's going to be all right, no matter what it is. Unless you die tomorrow, you're going to be okay. Right. You're going to be okay. What would you go back and tell your 15-year-old self? You know, I would tell my 15-year-old self it's okay to go and it's okay to do. Like, I had all these things that I just felt like I wanted to do and, and wanted to be gone. And I hit this point, you know, early in my teen years where I just I really disliked who I was uh-huh. And it had a lot to do with who I was in air quotes. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, yeah. I just wanted to be away from my not. And I just wanted to be somebody. Find your own identity. Yeah. And just find my own identity. And I felt really displaced because of that. And I think like I wouldn't do it any different. You know, I mean, I, I finished in, in boarding school to leave my not early. Yeah. I just wanted to go. And I did. And I went out and I, I, I went and I, I had to learn how to be my own person and I and I kind of felt like because of that I really failed you know what I mean oh yeah and so with that came a lot of like a feeling like I was a bad person and I wasn't right I just wanted to figure you would tell her I would just tell her it's okay like yeah go go do it with confidence I and and maybe not having the confidence and finding it was was what I wanted to do but like isn't that funny? It, everything is okay. It is. My granddaughter, the other day, she had gotten in trouble at home, and I picked her up. I was bringing her here for the week or whatever, and she had gotten, did something and got in trouble, so she got grounded, and she was going on a trip. The whole way home, she bawled her eyes out, thinking her life was over, thinking she she doesn't even want to go on our trip now because it's just ruined. And and I kept telling her, Izzy, trust Grammy. It's going to be okay. All this stuff we tell ourselves, it's not real. Right. And I tell her, Izzy, question your own thoughts. We as women, as men, as human beings, we need to question ourselves. Like, we really tell ourselves some messed up things oh, and push back. We It is so easy for us to disagree with everyone else. It is so easy for us to be like, you're full of shit. And it's so noticeable. We are those people. We don't got to believe ourselves. Change our thoughts. Push them back. Say, where am I getting this? Dig a little bit deeper because a lot of it's not real. Right. So... I really enjoyed having you on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. And we are going to do this again. All right. Congratulations and good luck. Thanks. 
Kate and Shannon, and I just want to thank you for your gift of your time. It's the one thing that we cannot get back. I want to remind us all today that we are not broken. We are perfectly made. And if this podcast has helped you at all, please like, follow, and share. And be sure to go check out our website at thementalcheckout.com. And if you're going through a situation and you would like another perspective, email them in to shannon at thementalcheckout.com.